0: You're listening to the Conscious Briefing Show podcast on NKFM. Already, 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 already. Welcome back! Welcome back to another edition of uh, Conscious the Briefing Podcast. Sunday evening, six o'clock. The evening, and I'm doing a podcast by myself. <laughs> okay, the reason that I'm doing a podcast myself—the uh, initial podcast that I wanted to have this week, with a special guest—I will announce her name um, next week. When I just confirm with her, she. Told me she just wanted some more time to do some research on the topic, and the topic is gonna be about education that defines us. Should be a an interesting topic that uh something that I wanted to discuss for a long, long, long time. Um, and, and, and yeah, this is probably what's leading to this podcast that I'm doing tonight on white privilege. Yes, I know there's lots of YouTube videos out there on white privilege. Um There's various definitions. Last week, Sunday, uh, Ronaldo did a podcast with, uh, I think it was Gary Kukumu and Conscious Caracol. And uh, they had a heated, heated debate about the subject. Um, But this podcast, I just want to give my opinion. Uh, And and it's not to say uh, that I'm right or wrong. Um, Every one of us, remember, we are all individuals. And we share, we share different values on opinions on, on, on matters of the heart. And this is a real matter of the heart, and it's, it's, it's a touchy subject for, for most of Africans uh, in, in this country. So yeah, let's get into the podcast quickly. Okay, so this is one video that I want to play quickly. Um, it's a video that's been, uh, well, it was on Facebook this week. It got a lot of attention got something like over a thousand maybe a thousand maybe to two thousand comments it's a, a lady that lives in america and she gave she well she wrote a poem on white privilege um but yeah let's let's quickly watch this uh video together and then we'll quickly i'll quickly discuss about it afterwards
1: we learned your french okay We learned your English, we learned your Spanish, we learned your Dutch, your Portuguese, your German. You learned our nothing, you called us stupid. That's white privilege. And I'm sure it probably hurts for you to hear those two words, kind of like gunshots and explosions from those commissioned to protect you with (coughs) whisking past your ears. What is white privilege? It is the only five decades of legal acknowledgement expected to correct 400 years of white transgression. It's crack versus cocaine. Blacks receiving almost 20% longer sentences for the same exact offenses are like, for instance, a black man without a record is less likely to get a job than a white felon, or maybe it's because we're lazy and we don't work hard enough. Like, what the fuck? 400 years in the same field literally is an incredible resume builder. It is Katrina answering the government's prayers of eugenics, Dick Cheney going fishing the next day, Condoleezza on a shopping spree, Bush in San Diego, but Kanye is the one you call crazy because like it only took the USA two days to get aid to Asia, but five for FEMA to get to Canal Street and Esplanade. as the one black kid who beat the shit out of the odds, but only thanks to Sandra Bullock, Michelle Pfeiffer, and the White Shadow, so now we all can make it. It is the only time Thousands of white people are cheering for the black kid to win. It's in the stadium It is you looking at me crazy if I told you to go back to Europe even though we didn't have a say It is you all of a sudden having a problem with immigration like this isn't even your nation How the hell do you discover some shit that wasn't even missing to begin with you Columbus our traditions? Had white girls twerking in high definition with multicolored hair and purple nails But it was ghetto when we did it. Oh, i make you uncomfortable Try a cramped slave ship. Oh wait Slavery is over now. It's just called the prison system cuz like you're not racist cuz you don't use the n-word But y'all use niggas every day. What is white privilege? It is the acceptance of bombs over Baghdad, but not over Boston. It's European history being taught as a major and African as an elective. It is learning about my people only 28 days like I'm not black every fucking second as every white boy to fuck my brains out not because I'm pretty but because I'm pretty for a black girl it is people thinking that Africa is one nation it is the waving of the confederate flag like you didn't lose the battle and then telling us to get over slavery it is people saying that black people destroyed neighborhoods but forgetting that white people have destroyed continents it is every time I bring up my plight some white man has to tell me that I'm crazy but is kind enough to praise my English or say that we are all given the same opportunities even though he has a family history of wealth and I don't even know my family history at all is the justification of police brutality like what did that person do I'm sure it doesn't hurt as much when the victim doesn't look like you, it is people thinking that affirmative action is an unfair advantage instead of keeping the qualified from being unfairly disadvantaged or throwing out a qualified applicant because their names out too African American Is Newports imported into black communities where black boys exported for weed and big plastic asses that are called fat when we naturally have them. It is an Australian woman whose new classic of rap music is everyone who hears this poem dismisses all this truth I just spit as reverse racism. That is
0: white privilege. Thank you. All right, and that was the video. Um, yo, what what can we say about that video? Quite a mouthful there. Look, she is practicing her freedom of speech. Um, in my opinion is a lot of hate speech there. Uh, and and I, t- I tell you why. Because of, as being a white man, I suppose it does make you feel uncomfortable. It's only normal. It's, it's natural for a white man to feel like it. Uh, for all you know all the black people that watch that and listen to that of course they would agree to it because you know let, let's face it liberation in this country has come a long long way and uh we have different political views different uh political spectrums we got your left and your right wing your centrism and everyone's got their own opinions uh so i i don't know what to make on that um I wanna say it's right, and I wanna say it's wrong at the same time, so th- does that make me a centrist? A centrism? I, d- I don't know, I can't say. And yes, I know a lot of you listeners out there probably listen and say, yo Jason, you're probably just too scared to speak your mind, because then you're gonna be scared we're gonna label you. And yeah, maybe to a certain extent, I'm too scared that you are gonna label me, because there's thousands of us that make these podcasts, and there's thousands of us that give our opinions, and when we just say the one wrong small word, we get labeled then we are the biggest this and the biggest this under the sun. And uh, yeah, okay. But let's start, Let's go into the full depth of what uh, white privilege uh, means. And So privilege has inherent advantages possessed by a white person, by a white person, take note of what I said there, by a white person on, on the basis of their race in a society categorized by racial inequality and injustices. The two definitions quickly, let's look at it quickly. Injustice, lack of fairness of ju- or justice. Now, yes, we can all relate to that. I can relate to that. Um, in the workplace, we get it a lot. And this is not just something that was on black and white, this was also white on white, and it was also Indian on Indian and colored on colored. I've experienced a lot of unfairness in my workplace. Um, inequality, difference in size, lack of. Equality, um, which is the state of being equal. Now, when I became a store manager in a certain retail group, I'm not going to name its name, but yeah, I did work for a retail group and I was a store manager. I need to discover one time that my salary wasn't the same as other branch managers. Did I get offended from it? Yeah, I suppose to, to a little bit to the extent, but then I realized, how can I get offended from it? Why, can I, why must I get offended for a salary that's smaller than the other branch managers, that's got bigger. Then I take into consideration that at that time in my life, I was 29 years old. I was the youngest store manager in the group compared to the other branch managers that had five to 10 years more experience than me in retail as such. And a lot of them have been branch managers for 10 or 15 years plus. So obviously they're going to get a bigger salary, but that that's just me, how I felt about it. New the youth of today, when you try to explain to them that that your salary is that, they say it's unfair i mean you you there should be equality, and yeah, again, is it right? is it wrong to my knowledge, when I was at that age twenty nine i didn't know much about politics i didn't know much about um right wing and left wing like I do now like I've learned now today, so was it fair i think to me to me, to my knowledge, it was fair because. I was still new in the game. Yes, obviously, as the years went by and I became more experienced, I did get an increase. And I got an increase to, uh, you know, because I gained experience. The store that I worked in, I took over at a loss. It it, it ran at a 1.7 million loss. And that year, I came in there and I put in my discipline procedures, uh, the rules, the procedures of the company. And it, and it all just gelled. And the following year, I made a profit of two hundred ninety nine thousand uh, k. Okay, okay, you know, two hundred ninety thousand profit. Not much, but after I left, I left and I went to go open a new store uh, from the ground. That following year, that store made a two point five million profit. And I'll never forget this. One of one of the, my sales managers. His name was Percy. He phoned me like two years later. And I'm long gone from that store. And he phoned me and he says, Mr. Jason, I just want to phone you to say thank you. And I said, why? Why, Percy? Because I just received a 30000 Rand incentive. So I said, okay, but now I'm confused. Why are you phoning me? He says, Mr. Jason, you've got to understand your procedures, your work ethics, the morality that you put into the work itself, into the shop itself is still ongoing. The manager that took over just, kept on he just kept on driving that ship meaning that yeah it, it made me feel proud of that particular moment that one of my ex-managers phoned me to thank me about his his incentive that he got so yeah look what's what's this got to do with privilege um so what's it got to do with privilege i asked absolutely nothing because coming back to the store that i worked in percy was uh was it was a floor was it was a supervisor he wasn't even a manager at that time and and that was one of the things that i wanted to do when i was a store manager i wanted to promote people i wanted to take people of color and promote them and so i approached my human resources manager and i said this guy percy i want to make him a training manager she says jason you sure now that already alone just saying, are you sure is like very not very convincing so i said no i'm sure i want to make this guy a training manager so we took him on board um the supermarket group and most supermarket groups they got like a two year period where you train them up in the various departments and you give them books to learn and that and voila within would, you know, would you know it within a year actually not even two years, they didn't even complete this two years uh trainee manager program he became a manager he became my sales manager my, my floor manager. We are training him out to do the orders and how to merchandise and pack the shelves and according to rate of sale and things I get I, I've lost contact with him I, I hope he is a store manager today which there is There's, there is other managers that when I came to Fana uh I promoted uh, the same he was a supervisor and I made him a, a, tra- a training manager but anyway back to Percy and yeah Percy was the one that phoned me with the 30,000 incentive that he got so the thing is I took my privilege and I passed it down. I passed it down to Percy. That's what I did. I I helped him. I educated him. I showed him the ropes. And today he's probably a very successful man. So same with another uh, uh, manager, Blacker black guy, Zachariah, that, that, uh, in, in the supermarket that I worked in in front of Bell Park. Same thing. Trained him up. And a few years later, I saw him uh, in a mall, a shopping mall. And I was walking around. And I looked at Zachariah and I said, wow, how are you, man? And we were chatting and, and, you know, we walked outside and I walked to his car and he pressed the remote and voila, there goes the remote onto a SLK, Mercedes-Benz SLK, two-door. I'm like, is this you? Is this you, Zeke? And he goes, yes, this is me. And at, at and again, at that moment, I felt very proud because I knew, I knew because of what I did to him and how I gave him that benchmark and I, and I shoved him in that right direction to go up in life. He's a store manager. He was a store manager at that time for a like a maintenance shop that sells hardware. I, oh, I can't think of the name now because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go here. So anyway, he became a manager. He's got a car and he's got a stomach. He's got a stomach. And I asked him, what's that stomach from? He said, ah, oh, from the good life. eh?" And then we spoke and we spoke and he said, you know what, Jason, at the end of the day, I want to thank you. It's It's because of you. And yes, it's because of my white privilege that I got my knowledge of what I've got. And I've passed it down to Zachariah and Percy, and he's not the only one. There's about another five uh, uh, black people out there that are made that are promote managers, and I'm sure, I'm sure they're all successful today. But I want to quickly go more into uh, white privilege. Why we have this thing called white privilege, and let's let's take um, quickly two people let's take the one guy's a white guy and the one guy's a black guy okay now the guy that's white he was probably born in a suburb living in a house in a neighborhood he grew up going to creche um, from creche he went to primary school um, and you know fully dressed he's got school shoes on he's got a nice jersey on he's warm in winter net he grows up goes to high school he uh, starts playing rugby I'm I'm just taking an example for just, just just a normal average guy. He plays rugby. He's good at his rugby. Um, he's good in his education, and um, his parents have got money. And he, he goes to college. He learns a degree, a certain degree, maybe be whether in law, doctors, uh, whatever whatever he he studies, and he becomes successful. So yeah, that is what most people class um, white privilege. Whereas if the black guy, he grew up in a township, probably grew up in a rural area. Um, 10 to 1, he didn't have a father. And even if he did have a father, the father probably had a small job, a small job as a laborer, where he was getting probably paid peanuts. But nonetheless, education in this country is compulsory. And if you cannot afford one, uh, a bursary will be given to you. So 10 to 1, he probably got a bursary. A school bursary went to primary school uh went to high school but there wasn't much sports there wasn't sports for me and he didn't participate in sports and after high school what happened did he did he did he further high school did he did he finish his matric some some do and, and some don't but then when they when he grows up he, his parents don't have that money for him to send him to college so he takes the odd job And the odd job pays peanuts. Now, I know, when I left school, my parents, there wasn't money for me to go to college. I didn't go to college. So my first job when I left school was that of a petrol attendant. Yes, you heard right. That of a petrol attendant. And I've had various jobs. I used to build yachts. I worked at a nursery, working with flowers and plants. I worked as a panel beater. I even worked in a backyard mechanic as a mechanic. It It was only until... A few years later after i left school that i come to joburg that i got a job with my brother-in-law but I, but as a as a shelf packer and, and i worked my way up um yes the manager that was there in in the supermarket promoted me and he put me in the deep end and i looked at him and i said you know i don't i don't know how to do this i've never received the proper education for it i know nothing about accounting and that so straightforward really at that age at a young age i was 20 years old I knew that i'm not qualified for this job but yet i got it and i'm going to say this i agree it's probably because of my whiteness that i got the job and people out there please if you're gonna label me now already then then switch off this podcast right now because this is this is me I'm, i'm speaking here from the bottom of my heart and that was the time when i realized that how can i be so lucky to get this job I want to repay the favor I want to repay the favor and at that particular grocery store it was a franchise grocery store I couldn't really repay the favor it was only when I went to corporate that I could repay the favor and and I did and I'm still doing it and I'm still doing it in the security industry that I am the guards that I train I teach them I teach my guards morality I teach them ethics I teach them manners I teach them discipline more importantly and I'll never forget this one This one God when she left uh, and she got another job and she got promoted as a supervisor and she got a nice, healthy increase. Again, she phoned me. Princess was the name. She phoned me and she said, Jason, I just want to say thank you again. And I said, for what, Princess? I got this job because of the top managers saw how I can discipline people and be strict and do time shifts and stuff like that. You know, she said Again, I I felt humbled. I felt so humbled because I knew I did something right again. It's it's an awesome feeling. It really is an awesome feeling. And my message to all of you out there that's listening to this podcast: white privilege can be seen as a gift, and it can be seen as a curse. It all depends on you as an individual how you interpret that gift. Okay, and pass it on and help people. Because let's face it, guys. I mean, BE and AAA has been implemented 25 years ago. And we can already see. I I saw the stats not so long ago that there's about 4 million black people that are homeowners. And about 700,000 whites are homeowners. I I didn't get the stats on colors and Indians and that. But one has to also take into consideration about the demographics of this country. And I'm going to talk a little bit later not now but yeah you see you see where i'm going guys take your privilege and use it to your advantage help people out there and just quickly some things that i want to point out on um what you read all over on the internet i mean there's there's many 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 articles on um A, you know L affirmative action and you know black and white people um Who have very realistic ideas of South Africa. There is problems, and how do we solve it? And is is there different categories? What what are the categories that separate um, us between white and black people to understand what AA um, actually is? And those are, and there's just a few of them that I want to read you quickly to you. That um, white people will talk about uh, black advancement. While blacks will talk about black empowerment, um, white people will feel that black people are a danger, you know, to their positions. While black people will feel endangered to the white working environment, whites want to orientate uh, black people into, you know, the the the, the way of things have done today, the western western side of the business. While um, black people want an Africanized. Um, state of affairs, you know, Africanized, you know, in, in African, all, all certain aspects are saying um, whites want people, black people, to be developed into positions when they are capable of doing the job. While many black people want positions now, you know, they want power now. doesn't really matter, regardless of whether they are ready or not, uh, that they want into it. Whites uh, will talk about development of black people into, you know, those of management positions and black people will talk about quotas. Whites talk about uh, reconciliation, while many blacks will talk about uh, retribution. Whites talk about maintaining your standards, your procedures, while black people will talk about, you know, changing those standards and procedures. Um, Whites will say and talk about power, power sharing, you know. Black people will talk about control. Whites rate uh, blacks as able when they have uh, mastered the European way of doing things. While blacks want to be rated as able without having to confirm the way of doing Europe, uh, Europe... uh, doing things in the European ways. Obviously, and everything that I read there, there now to you is, is all about fear. Um, white people have seemed to develop this fear that somebody's going to come in and take your job. You've been working for a company for 10 to 15 years, and now your job is going to be replaced. And we experienced this. In the last 25 years, we experienced this, uh, the AAN and, and, and the BEE. How to overcome it? How to overcome that fear? I, I don't know because, let's face it, people have been coming into certain positions and nepotism has been there. Favoritism has been there. You get employed and you can't do the job. Look, it's it's another thing to say, I can go to college and I can get a degree, but putting someone then of that college degree into a position and I'm talking about a real high position, I'm talking about CEO positions and other management positions and you just do not have that, that qualification. Yes, you've got the degree. I understand that 100%. I'm with you for that. You've got the the knowledge, the theory. You've got the theory. It's coming down to the practical side of the business. <coughs> Sorry. Can, can you do the job? Can you perform the job as such? There's this this is confusion. This is confusion. How we must feel about it. I mean, how do I feel about it? I feel these things have happened. It has happened. We have seen it happen. We have seen people coming into the workplace with not really much work experience and i reckon I reckon the last twenty five years are consultants. Consultants have been on the rise. I know of Eskom. I know of Escom engineers that's left the company and two years later they get a phone call back saying that they must come back Uh, but we're not going to employ you in your position we would like to employ you as a consultant obviously this guy that i know i mean he he said okay cool on on one condition i'm going to come back on my terms i'm going to work flexi hours and i want x x x salary of course uh, it remains to be unseen if the money that gets paid for his salary goes onto the books as staff payments or does it go under something else on the ledger? <laughs> I don't know. That's just speculation. But it just it frustrates me to know that certain individuals get jobs through nepotism, through favoritism, and they can't perform the job. And then two years later, three years later, you've got to call consultants to come and perform the job. But coming back to that person with a college degree and that and he gets the job and we we spoke now i spoke now about consultation um could he do the job i asked previously and i reckon yes i mean consultants are there to help you um provided that that the the guy that's employed in the position actually takes in the knowledge of the consultant and says yay okay cool this is how the job needs to be done Take it into consideration and make it work for you. Become a successful manager. Of course. I mean, I was in that same position. I got thrown in in the deep end and I had to climb my way to the top. Now, I think the same can happen to everyone who comes out of college and gets pushed into a CEO, provided that he just gets that right help. And I think this is the thing with most people, and especially with black people. They, I've seen a lot of people, they come and apply for a job, they hand in the CV and then they you ask them what the previous experience you got and they said none but i'm willing to learn okay and now in in my work environment that that's exactly what i do i take a person on and i say look have you have you done this work before have you got experience in it you know in the security and he says no but he's got he's got the, the grade for it and he has registered himself on the procedure board. I said no problem training is provided um but if you cannot follow my rules and procedures, and if you can't follow the training that was provided, and it, and you don't use it to your advantage to further uh, yourself, you know, then what are you doing? Then then why are you still employed? Then of course I'm I'm going to have to let you go. I'm going to have to obviously follow the, the 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 procedures, give you a written warning, <clears throat> give you a second written warning, third, and then obviously go for a hearing. Obviously that's the normal procedure that any company has to follow break those uh break those procedures ccmo then calls you up and that but there's something else going on with with people that get blowed in in high positions and i think it's it's corruption you know corruption seems to set itself in gets its way in and you you get blackmailed uh you obviously did something wrong, I'm not just, I'm just speculating, yeah. I know a lot of you out there will probably go just bullshit, but a lot of us that know exactly what I'm talking about seem to understand how corruption has played a major influence on the workplace and how people uh, all of a sudden get the golden handshake, Uh, where did this golden handshake come, and he's left the company with a couple of million, so yeah. Work experience is important. If you have no work experience, training can't be provided. I agree with that hundred percent because I am in that field. I do train the people, but just don't mess it up, man. Just don't don't mess it up. Do the do the right thing, man. And and that's the next question or topic that I want to talk about. Why is there so many Sues and businesses in the private sector closing down? And this was a tweet that came out from, uh, well, man's not Barry Roo. Okay, so it's Barry Roo. So, Niracha, IBM is retrenching. Eskom is retrenching. Distal is retrenching. My Way is retrenching. NetBank is retrenching. Multi choice. Wow, wow. Okay. There has been an article released on the net about multi choice. 2,000 people. Telecells and various departments are going to be retrenched, and we all know the reason why for that, uh, because of uh, what's it? What's the high package? The premier, the premier package is losing value, heavy, quick, and fast. Just so, so Star is retrenching. Standard Bank is retrenching. 104 branches we know there is going to close soon. Continental ties retrenching. Marion Roberts is retrenching. Everyone is retrenching uh again there's a lot of red tape yeah involved you can't speculate too much about that because if you do again you get labeled this and you're saying jason you are talking absolutely rubbish but come on cause why 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 is our president on his state of the nation address saying that we have to redress these problems and we've uh we facing these problems because apartheid is is there. Yes, you know what? Okay, cool. To a certain degree, I have to understand why politicians keep using that because, again, I'm going to speak out of my turn, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it. Apartheid, the government, the MP government, when they left, how many people did pull out their shares? How many people did pull out the money? In fact, the country was broke. Guys, come on. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. The country was broke. So, a lot of SOEs at the time, and I'm talking about mines. I'm talking about this particular escort plant that's Yair yeah, Vanabelpok. It employed, at the time, it employed 34,000 people. Now it's only employing probably 3,000 to 4,000 people. Why? Because most businesses and companies that they are buying steel from China. Um, our manufacturing has gone down we're just we're not manufacturing goods at enough rate. I mean hence our minus three point two percent in the GDP. Where are we going? Where are we going? guys? our economy is so flat broke, and then we've got ACE that wants to uh, centralize well yeah if, if I'm using the right words, it wants to centralize the reserve bank. <laughs> What's going to happen here, guys? Money's going to be printed. <laughs> People are going to start printing money, and then, boom, we're going to have a Venezuela on our doorstep here because that money's going to have absolutely no worth. I've seen photos, and I've mentioned it in um, my previous podcast. And you see the money just laying in the streets like it's dirt, but it's, if you zoom into the photo, you see now that it, it's actually money <laughs> on, on the streets. Um, but the differences, there's there's... The huge difference here is um between eurocentric and africanized that is the difference here there and, and again now now i'm coming to epsa when epsa came with their advert their avid campaigns explaining um what, what what did they say when epsa bank has already made adverts explaining this uh, the in the african there is a way of doing things that unique that is that's unique to our continent. Again, let me f- rephrase it. There is there is a way of doing things that's unique to our continent. Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo made a, a, a video about this, and I'm gonna I'll put it in the link, and then you can watch the video for yourself and judge on what he said. But you have to agree on what he said. I mean, come on, guys. I just read it in the book there, but a lot of a lot of people are saying that they want freedom um of expression they want freedom of speech they want a democracy they want equal rights and and it was like that you know i've mentioned my previous podcast as well in 1995 when we had the world cup it was an awesome time to live in it really was an awesome time to live in for the first time people of color could live in harmony and be humbled with what they had at that time the laws of apartheid was gone there was freedom to do what we wanted to do. It was, it was awesome. At the, end of, at the end of the day, um, this superior versus the inferior, um, a lot of us are still showing that we are superior and that we expect people below us to be the inferior to the superior. That, that, that mindset needs to change. Really, it, it really needs to change. I mean, in my workplace that I am, I do not under any circumstances show that I'm superior and that I'm better because of my privilege. All that I want in return from my workers that's underneath me is respect. I want respect to know that my rank, my rank is higher than them and that I am there to manage the workplace, to manage the job, to make sure that the rules and procedures are carried out. I'm not there to show that I'm better. Okay? And... I've got that support, I really do my, my, my people that work for me I, I really respect them a lot and they respect me because I do not take sides, I do not take favoritism and I do not, I do not practice racism, I mean if there's any sign of racism I really, I get offended and I stop them right there in the tracks and I say listen guys, no, you're going out too far now, you can't keep saying is it because I'm black, I hate it, I hate it with a, with a passion I always tell my my workers to come to me, come to my office and tell me exactly this and this has happened. I'm not happy about it. What can we do about it? You say, you know what? In parade tomorrow morning, we will have a quick meeting, a quick discussion about it. We'll come to a conclusion and we'll have a vote. We'll have a vote on it. Nine out of ten times it works in my favor. We discuss something. A staff member will tell me something. He has an idea. We vote on it. Bam, it works. 100%. Everyone's happy. So so yeah, this, this, thing, this thing of superiorness, it has to stop, guys. And it's at this moment in time, a lot of us have, we have stopped it. We, we are uh, being equal with people, but there's still a lot of us out there that are still showing that superiorness. You need to drive yourself away, change your mindset and try and look for solutions rather than being the dictator or the autocrat that so many of you out there are. Come on, that autocrat shit is for, is for ex-KGB stuff, man. <laughs> if you get what I'm saying, man. Just be diverse, man. You know what I mean? There's so many words in that dictionary that we don't even know its full potential meaning. But I think I think uh, you get my message. Um, the I or, or Uh institution race relations, they released um, a hope report recently and if you can see it on the screen i just want to quickly talk about it this first one year this um survey that they did the top priority for government from lists supplied by the interviewer creating more jobs total is 26 percent blacks uh, voted 27 percent 32 percent colored 19 percent white 13 90 percent indian 30 percent white Fighting corruption, fourteen percent total, ten percent black, ninety percent coloured, thirty-one percent Indian, and thirty-four percent white. Now that's an interesting, one that ten percent black fighting for corruption. Okay, improving education, eleven percent total, ten uh, percent black, nine percent coloured, nineteen percent Indian, and eighteen percent white. Um, you get the you get the idea. You can see the rest. You can just pause it and look at it. For those that they are listening, and if you want to view this, I'm gonna upload it at the same time as when I release this podcast on my NKFM channel. I'm not gonna go through it there it's a bit much, but I want to go to the next one quickly. Uh the next one is race relations since nineteen ninety-four. Has it improved? 50% say yeah, 60% 64% is black, 26% is colored, 37% Indian, 39% white. Okay, stayed the same. Uh, 30% black, 23% colored, 90% Indian, and 10% white. Become worse. (laughs) Now, this is obvious when you look at it. Blacks are saying 20% has become worse. 51% colored has said, yeah, it's worse. 44% Indian, and 47% white. Okay, let's go to the next one. Uh, Table 3. How best to improve people's lives? More jobs and better education: 50 percent percent for black, 65 color 62 Indian, 72 percent white, better delivery of services such as electricity, water, sanitation, 24 percent white, 31 percent color, 25 Indian, 24 percent white, pretty much the same. More black economic empowerment, B.EE and affirmative action in employment, I.A. policies. 9% black, 0% colored, 12% Indian, and 0% white. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Table four. Why do you think uh, should be, sorry, who do you think should be appointed to jobs in South Africa? And the questions or the replies are only blacks for a long time ahead. 30% black, 0% colored, 6% Indian, 1% white. Only Blacks still demographically representative. 9% Black, 1% Colored, not Indian, and 0% White. Appointments should be made on merit with special training for the disadvantage. 55% Black, 67% Colored, 69% Indian, 68% White. All appointments should be made on merit um, alone without such training. 20% Black, 31% Colored, 25% and 28 okay let me go into there's a lot here okay would you prefer your uh, child's teachers to be the same race as you eighty percent say black five percent colored six percent indian seven percent white i think i'm gonna skip i'm just gonna go to there you can see that one just pause it okay go into that one there and you can just pause and read it and the last one is which better education and more jobs inequality. Well, sorry, let me me rephrase it. With better education and more jobs inequality between races will disappear. Agree and disagree was the two answers, okay? And uh, 74% say agree, blacks agree. 84% colors agree. 75% agree, 86% uh, agree. Disagree is 24% black, 50% color, 25% Indian, and 12% white, Interesting, interesting. You know, I'll, I'll leave the link. Go through, go through uh, the survey itself. It's a very interesting one. That's, it, it's amazing to see, how the percentages are there, are very, very small in certain uh, people of color there, and it just makes you think. Makes you think that everything that's going on in this country at the moment, with the propaganda, and the hate speech, and the labelling it just makes you wonder. I can only think that the, there's trolls out there, and I call them the internet, and or social media warriors out there that will go out there onto f- social media, Twitter, Facebook, and they will spread all this hate speech and to confusion. I've always, I always try and tell people, you know, don't, don't, don't really entertain this. I mean, a troll will come on and and put on his hate speech comment, and then look for you, you know, the angry one makes a screenshot he photo screens your, your your comment and then he puts it on these web pages you see guys this is exactly what i was talking about you see these people this and this and this and that can't do this and it's that's, that's stupid man it's really stupid the population i want to end off with the population there you can see uh from 1910 the population on the black people was 3.9 million white people was what only 1.2 1.2 million i can't see now the other colors here but you can see up until 2015 that this graph was done white people are 4.8 million and black people are 45 million there's a reason why i'm putting this on you and telling you guys this i approached a lot of my gods some time ago, probably about a couple of months ago, and I asked them, How many whites do you think is in this country? And a lot of them said, ah, 20 million, 30 million. And I said, Blacks? Uh, how many blacks in this country? I said, 40 million. And I say, Well, guys, hold on quickly. You've, you've, you're forgetting about the other uh, uh, Indians and Coloreds. How much do they make of the population? Coloreds also make about 4 million. So I said, The figures that you give me already is way over 50 million already because we only fifty seven million uh, people in this country we're not foreigners in the last census report they said it was about two million, but I reckon it could be about five million now but when i tell when I tell my workers that the population gap the forty five million blacks and the four point eight million okay well, I think it's reduced now because there was recent reports of saying that 200 or even 2,000, I don't know. I don't know the exact figure of how many white people are leaving this country at the moment. So it could be, it could be lower. We, we haven't had a census report since 2011. Is to ask them, guys, do you really think that, that we're on the right path job-wise and that, um, with the amount of businesses that are closing down? Who's to blame for this? A lot of them can't just, I can't get an exact answer from my work, isn't it? But in itself, you know, just, I'm not going to speak too much about it. You can, your imagination can go wild on it. You can think for yourself, what's the differences of the figures? Okay. Quick and simple solution for everything, for everything that is happening in this country at the moment, with the hate speech and us white people being labelled with white privilege, is to create jobs. That's the quickest solution, you guys. Create jobs and then in 10 years' time, this problem will dissolve itself. But then you've got to ask yourself, what about the other countries in, in, in Africa? Are they going to follow? Are they going to do the same? Or do they also want to be what everybody else wants to be, Africanized? What is Africanized? I don't know. I haven't really gone into it. i haven't really done much research the words itself is probably self-explanatory uh but yeah i I don't want to talk too much about that uh maybe maybe i can leave that question for another podcast maybe what if i bring someone on, on and then i can ask him what what is the word africanized means to him but we know from past experience that we have suffered we have really suffered and we have been oppressed um early this week too there was a on one of the uh, groups that i'm on they put photos on of Afrikaners of that were also in concentration camps and again do people actually acknowledge that do people acknowledge that that concentration camps for Afrikaners, women and children were there no no because of certain liberation movements that they do not allow that because if you you allow that, it's, it's, it's like one of the politicians from many, many years ago said, we liberate now and we educate later. And that message in itself just says a lot to me, like as of liberate now, we cross this bridge and then we educate later. But you know, yeah, we are. We, we are 25 years later into democracy. Our pass rate at the moment is 30%. And just like I read in that book from Theo Wingrove, Pass, just to pass the, the the student for 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 the pass sake of it. Ah, uh, uh, I, I don't know. Um, guys, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. Further, I I think that's it. I think that's a wrap. I'm gonna have my podcast next week Monday with uh, my guest on, and we're gonna speak about education. Maybe. Maybe I can, in that podcast, maybe I can go a bit in-depth more because I want to speak about uh, Greek education and Roman education and what, what it has meant for us and what it has done to us as a society and how it has molded us. And yeah, a lot of you out there know exactly what I'm talking about. But there is there is others out there. I don't even know who's going to listen to this podcast because a lot of people just do not have that internet access like I've been talking about. The stuff that we see on TV is not the information that the country should get. Instead, we get a lot of uh, promises. This would happen and we need to do this, and the latest is we need to build a city now. That's the latest stuff that our politicians are saying. We need to build a city. Great stuff, we need to build a city. How much millions and billions is gonna be spent on the city? where that billions can be spent on special reform programs in the rural areas. And and again, yeah, I I don't want to spoil, I don't want to spoil my next uh, podcast. This is, this is the type of stuff that I want to talk about education of the stuff that can be implemented in, in townships and rural areas for, for future development. I mean, after all, I'm worried. I'm worried about our future. I'm worried where we're going to go. Do we have a, is my son's future, for argument's sake. Does he have a future? I, I don't know. And it's this thing of labeling each other as nonsense. Like I've just mentioned previously, I've promoted people with my privilege. I've used my privilege. And the message here to everyone is, so can you. Okay, that's it. My podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Spotify, Pocket Costs, uh, I will load this onto my YouTube channel as well. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm asking. Please subscribe to the radio channel because you can um, download these radio podcasts and put it onto a memory stick and play it in your car. You can play it on your and Plug the cell phone into your car. So when you're driving to work, you can listen to me Jibba jabba, <laughs> Guys, thank you very much. You guys have been awesome. Thank you for listening.